I've got a hunger Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off Welcome to We Have the Facts, one novice's guide to all things Death Cab for Cutie, and one veteran's reflection on over 20 years of history. I'm your novice, Ali Abdulatif, and with me as always is my co-host and Death Cab expert, Justin Tachi. How's it going? Hey, guys. Episode three! Yeah! Woo! So today we're going to be jumping into the second studio album, We Have the Facts, and we're voting yes. But before oh. that, let's have a brief conversation about things in life, Justin. Wow, that felt so forced. <laughs> I just wanted to... I wanted to introduce what we're going to talk about, but then I didn't want to actually talk about it just yet, so... Yeah, I understand, but I felt very forced. Oh, wow! I feel like this podcast is going off the rails, guys. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> we've started to resent each other, the friendship's already broken down. But let's talk. You went to... Uh, we live in Boston, and you went to Boston Calling, our music festival held by The National, I believe? Yeah, the uh, two... Uh, Two of the guys in the National, I know Aaron Dressner, and I believe the bassist, I don't forget his name, but I'm pretty sure uh, they run the festival, or at least curate it, and they get a bunch of sponsors. It's at the uh, Harvard Sports Complex. It was a pretty sweet lineup. Uh, I had a, originally a three-day pass. for only went two days? But I only went for uh, Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. because Sunday was going to be kind of rainy, and the only people that I was really looking forward to on Sunday was Julian Baker, who I'd seen before, and I know she's probably on tour again. And, uh, I mean, Eminem would be cool to see, but I've actually seen him before, and I've seen him really close, so I was kind of, kind of skipped that day. But, highlights of the weekend, though, and I think I've already told you this, Ali, is fucking, uh, St. Vincent. Blew my fucking mind. (laughs) Um, the musicianship, the showmanship, the spectacles, the art form of it all, it was just a fucking killer show in every aspect. So well done. Um, other highlights, the National played, I saw them, they're good as usual, um, did put on a great show as always, so, <laughs> it's kind of funny how when bands you see that are like, you know, just great all the time, you're like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up St. Vincent, cause you know, she's also on the Twilight soundtrack. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's true. Uh, maybe we'll have her on on the Twilight episode. Well, we'll find out. And Paramore was also on the Twilight Sound. Yeah, yeah and they were there, weren't they? <laughs> yes, they were. Oh, Although I did have to make the tough decision between seeing uh, Paramore or um, The National. I chose The National. Yeah, so. I'd say that was a good choice. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of bummed because I wanted to see Paramore. There was a lot of scheduling conflicts. Also, uh... Fucking, I had to choose between seeing Tyler the Creator and uh, Queens of the Stone Age. I ultimately show Queens, uh, chose Queens of the Stone Age because um, I cheated, and I saw I looked at setlist.fm and saw the uh, Tyler setlist, and it did not uh, did not blow me away. So, I, this is a conversation. Uh, some people are very pro checking setlist before the show. Some people are very against it. Where do you fall? Depends what my fandom of the band is. Um, if it's a band that I, like, if I'm seeing Death Cab, I don't even bother, because I pretty much know all the songs, I don't really care, but if it's, like, a band that, like, one, I'm just getting into, and I kind of want to, like, get prepared for the show, like, a same, like, when I saw St. Vincent, I looked at the set, because I wanted, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I was, I listened to, like, the, the newest album, Mass, Mass Seduction, but I was curious what they were, she was going to play from the earlier albums, just That's so fair. I can have an idea. So, um, that's probably, uh, probably... The way I do it. Why? How do you feel about it? 
I don't know. I was uh, originally uh, not set list. I was originally pro. You go in blind. The musician gives you what they give you, and then you assess based on that. But I feel especially when I'm not super familiar with, or I have gaps in my new music knowledge in respect to the catalog of that musician, I do like to check the set list and get more familiar with the songs I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily cheating. Uh, I mean, um, and some bands, they switch the set list every night. You know, I mean, some of the chorus songs stay the same, but, like, they'll switch the set list. So I don't think it's I don't think it's anything to be uh, ashamed of doing or uh, feel like you're cheating the experience at all. Um, especially, like, I mean, I'm seeing Radiohead in July, and... Um, <laughs> there's just no, they play whatever the fuck they want when they want. So, yeah, <laughs> and fair. that catalog is immense. So it's not like it's really going to matter. Yeah. I'm just thinking of when I went to see the mountain goats, uh, with you, yeah. uh, the mountain goats have like a huge catalog and there was like definitely gaps in my knowledge and it was good to like see the set list, be familiar with what he's probably going to play. And then going back to those songs and like exploring them a little bit better before the concert. Yeah, no, I think that's a solid move. Um, yeah. I, I I think I think we even cheated together. We even made a fucking uh, playlist for the songs that they. Yeah, played. we did. We came up with the yeah. playlist. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a little too much cheating, I think. But we had fair to enough. Do. We had uh, a good time. I yeah, no, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, what was I say? Oh, also, Ali is un- unemployed now. I am. I am officially starting today when this is being recorded. Unemployed as of May thirty first, twenty eighteen. How does it feel to be unemployed, Ollie? Oh, it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> exploring how far outside the apartment in my underwear I'd go. Oh, the underwear radius has now reached the driveway. Yeah, I mean it's getting it's getting pretty bad. I'm really relaxing into this unemployment. Yeah, a uh, little backstory to the unemployment. Ali is uh, no longer legally allowed to work in this country until he goes back and renews his visa and uh, comes back to go to Johns Hopkins. Yes, that is 100% true. Cool. <laughs> no, I don't really want to talk about that very much. Uh, let's talk about... Ooh, what I did this weekend. I went and saw Solo. Uh, I don't want to talk about that at all, because I did not see Solo. I Okay, fair enough. I, I don't want to talk about spoilers anyway. I will punch you in this podcast. I'm saying I don't want to talk about spoilers anyway, but I do want to say it is definitely worth going out to see if you're a Star Wars fan. It didn't perform great, but I love it more than I liked uh, Last Jedi or Force Awakens. I think it's not better than Rogue One, though, right? No, but I, Rogue One's a special movie. In my yeah, Ro- Rogue One. I mean, oh, okay, Let, let's get down to it. Star Wars ranking, go. Empire, New Hope. So obviously, best to worst. Yes. Okay. Empire, New Hope, Rogue One, Return, Solo, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, three, one, two. I'd go. I mean, I haven't seen Solo, so obviously that's not on my list. Empire, Rogue One, uh, New Hope, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, uh, three, two, one. I mean, three, one, two. I'm sorry. Two okay. is two is still the worst. It's just two C- is t- two, two is C span C span in space. Yeah, no, I'm I am completely over two. Um, one really only has the redeeming quality of Darth Maul, but it's pretty badass. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and then after Justin and the rest of the world have seen Solo, we'll talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I foresee probably a viewing tomorrow or someday this weekend. So. Fair enough. I also saw A Quiet Place, and I highly recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen that either. I've heard that's fantastic. It was. John Krasinski is very good. Mm. And how was Emily Blunt? 
She was pretty great too. She's always delightful. <laughs> um, I heard that uh, the the girl is actually deaf in real life. Oh, the I little know girl. That. Oh yeah, yeah, because cool. they sign in the movie, right? Yeah, the entire movie is yeah. in language, and um, she does. I don't think it's a spoiler, but she plays a deaf character. Yeah, well, she's deaf, so it's not really playing a character. I understand, but she's also playing a deaf character. You can be deaf and not play a deaf character. How do you? How are you? How does one be deaf and not and play a person who is not deaf? John Krasinski is playing deaf, and he's not deaf. Oh, really? No, he's not playing deaf. Oh, well, I mean, that's still the other way. A person can play... John Krasinski is signing the entire movie and is a hearing person, but doesn't really speak in the movie. I understand that. So the girl could be signing the entire movie, and we could be led to believe that she's not deaf. Yeah, but she actually is deaf. But she could be playing not deaf. Yeah, but if you know the facts... Don't look at me like that. That was not good. <laughs> no points. Oh well, I guess on that horrible note, we should uh, oh, maybe talk about uh, we have the facts and we're voting yes. Um, by the way, I guess the cat's out of the bag. The name of the podcast might derive from that. I feel like we've already <laughs> talked about this in the last episode. <laughs> okay, I have a lot of feelings about this. And it's going to get into controversial places. (laughs) We're we're gonna get into trouble with a lot of fans over my opinions and the things I'm gonna say. I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I'm. They're not gonna get mad at me. (laughs) Cool. This is great. Uh, All right. So. So initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. Record. Record as a whole. Uh, We have the facts, and we're voting yes. Um. Let's say what I like about the album. Okay. I think it, the lyrics in the album are written a uh, hundred times better. He's a lot more thoughtful in his writing. He's a lot more image evocative. Uh, the writing went from being subpar, uh, just generic lyrics writing to this thought-provoking... I mean, I think the storytelling is very on point. Storytelling. It's very reminiscent uh, um, of what will come later. And I think that he gets more emotive with the lyrics. They don't tend to... I can agree with you that they're, they're more of a storytelling. And they're, they're not as vague and generic, like you said. So therefore, they can play into the fact that they actually paint a, story, paint a picture. Yeah. Now, I have heard that the entire album is a breakup album. It's a concept. Of, it's a it's, concept record. Yes. So, uh, I've Loose. seen a lot of controversy about this online, but it does seem to me, at least, that it is all entirely one long story told. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some people would disagree with that. Which is like, uh, I believe um, the only other concept records they did was Transatlanticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, I mean, everything has a theme. All the yeah. records that he does at least has a theme, and they kind of tie it into a story. But for the most part, um, like if you're talking traditional concept records, this is one, and Transatlanticism is also one. Fair enough. So, all right. So, so wait. Let's continue on this. The positive uh, for a second. Um, I think a lot of so I'm sure the storytelling will go through the story that I've perceived mm-hmm. while we go through it. But there is a lot of differing opinions in, on it entirely. Like I quickly did a, a a very shallow dive into the Reddit, and I saw that it's way above my head. Yeah, no, I mean, it, frankly, I don't think this story as is as well-drawn as, or maybe it's not necessarily meant to be as well, like, 
specifics yeah as like translationism is um obviously ali doesn't know that yeah <laughs> um well just we can discuss that when we actually get to that episode mm-hmm. but um it's definitely more like this one definitely follows a, tr- a trend follows a theme follows the story but it's still not su- succinctly clear also another uh I, I guess kintsugi is also another big uh concept record so, with the whole breaking up of the, the additional thing. So, but. Well, we'll get into that when we get to that. We'll get into this as we go through the songs. But, in general, there's a lot of interpretation that can go from song to song, which I actually do like. Yeah, no. I like that you can sit down and I can listen to it and have an experience of it, and then someone else can listen to it and have a completely different experience of it. There are some people that take some of the songs very um, literally, and they're like, oh, he's talking about forming a band and creating music and all this stuff. Some people who listen to it and they go, no, this is about his relationship and how he feels about this woman. And it could be the same lyric. Well, I think it's also that... Two different the, emotional I think both relationships also coincide with each other. That's um, fair. Like, his feeling towards both. So, therefore, it's just a general feeling and how he's kind of going about it with mm-hmm. the lyrically. What, what, else, what are your other uh, thoughts about the record as a whole? Here's where we get into the things I don't like as much. I think... For the most part, it's pretty monotone. The record does not change up enough for me. I find a lot of the songs bleed into get into each other, not in a like, oh, this is harmonically very fitting, but rather in a, oh, all of these tracks are the same. And it gets very dull and boring to listen to, especially like 30 minutes in when you're like, okay, there's just all one long, similarly sad song. Yeah, so Ali's gonna have trouble if we ever do like national albums next after we do Death Cab, because that's just the way indie music works, buddy. I understand, <laughs> but like something about Airplanes, for example, at least that's the, the album we did just before this one, had songs that were a little heavier, had songs that were a little softer, had songs that were fast, had songs that were slow. It changed up, and like it kept me interested. Even the songs I didn't like. We're at least different. Ugh. This all feels like the same song. Yeah, but mostly. I, yeah, but I mean, I think I think I can kind of agree with that. But at the same time, I think it's also the fact that the band's all succinctly together, piecing everything together. They're getting better at like bleeding songs into one another, which you'll see them do in a couple albums, very bit, like in the purest form and just in such a great way. Um, I mean, this is the roadmap to, I would I would say, We Have the Facts is the roadmap to the rest of Death Cab's career. I understand. Uh, as we get to this point. And I think that, I mean, my personal feelings about the record, um, this is probably top three for me in Death Cab records. So, um, yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of people say split Death Cab into three eras, the We Have the Facts era. Transatlantic, uh, uh plans era or the new era, which is like Kozen Keys and um, Kintsugi. Um, I tend to celebrate the whole catalog and I like all the whole journey, but I can definitely see someone that likes a little bit more lo-fi sound because I think this is probably the best a lo-fi record could sound. Yeah, without I, without, I, without like breaking the like because well, like you'll see on photo album like. 
that like they break that lo-fi sound and it kind of doesn't exist anymore I mean, it's, like, still reminiscent, but it's not a lo-fi. Like, you can't consider it lo-fi anymore. There is something about that lo-fi vocal recording, like, the recording of the vocal track in such, like, ugh, like, grainy... Yeah, I mean... Nonsense. Be, does not... Does not... I mean, you don't like lo-fi in general, so... I but mean, there's some the, lo-fi I can enjoy. Yeah, but I... Well, it. to be fair, frankly, from this point, it's kind of over. Like, the lo-fi's done. Fair so enough. So, like... Well, and I think that you can even agree that his vocals on this record are the best that they've ever been. Yeah. At this point. Like, since... Uh, from the demo and, and something about airplanes. Now, I feel very bad shitting on this one. Because I know this is a big one amongst fans. Oh, this is... this Like, this is either your favorite... Like, this is at least, like... Uh, I mean... I don't really know if we want to break the ranking rankings. Obviously, you can't rank the records yet. But, like, for me... Um, should I risk them out? No, 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 no. We'll do a ranking episode at the end. Don't. Um, I mean, it's no secret that my top three, though. Yeah. So top three, I mean, first album is Translanticism. I mean, I got a fucking, the bird on my arm. Um, then I would say Plans, and then I would say We Have the Facts, and then, obviously, various other records. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I know people that literally ride or die, fucking, We Have the Facts. That's just, that's just the way they roll. Okay. So... Well, before we get super into it, let's talk about what we think the story of the album is. Do you think it's one continuous story? Or do you think it's each song is its own little story vignette? Um, I think it's a continuous story, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's different aspects of the relationship. Um, well, I guess it's it's more. I guess I shouldn't say different aspects. It's it's very much at least in the beginning of the record. A lot of it has to do with like the and it, the breaking up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess the songs are kind of all over the place on where they are in the story because they kind of jump backwards and forwards. Here's the thing. I saw people say that, and I kind of think it's a linear story, or for at least for the most part, linear. Well, I mean, like, songs like 405 are definitely just, like, reflecting on just, like, being broken up and kind of talking about, like, stories of the past. Okay. Whereas, like, I feel like, um, uh, like, Lowell, Massachusetts mm-hmm. is uh, more of a getting frustrated and kind of dealing with the end of a relationship type of thing. Okay. So I think it's like, it's, I think it's coming from a place of being frustrated to reminiscing of that frustration. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like it's all one long story that starts with him meeting this girl, being super into her and like, like he can't get her out of his mind, but for some reason, like he can't make it work past anything superficial yeah, it's like, being... it, it's, it, 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 it paints a picture of just being, like, a sexual relationship, and maybe he enjoys her company sometimes. Yes, being frustrated with her, being angry with her, them breaking up, him, like, having, leading a kind of empty life, and then her inviting him to her wedding. Yes. Going to the wedding, being an idiot, and then kind of getting over it, or... Nah, I don't know. We'll get yeah, to that I mean, we get I, to the last I one. Guess, yeah, I think it's kind of more of a... I think it's, at least at this point, I think maybe when he wrote, finished the record off, it's more of like, here's the path and he's still walking it kind of thing. I don't think it's like he's necessarily just over it. Fair enough. Let's do song by song and then we can talk about where they are in the story in our opinion and how we feel about each song. Yep. Alright, first we have title track. Left 
that opening. I I think that's a strong opening to the so, uh, to the to the album. I like the name title track, even though it's not technically a title track because it's not. All right, I'm just saying <laughs> like, it's a long ass name. Just give it I, yeah, but you can't call something title track unless the album is called title track as well. Because otherwise, uh, not actually a title track. Uh, Technicalities here. Uh, I, I think it's a really good song. I think it paints a beautiful picture. Uh, it kind of puts you in a place in time, and it, it, it's very evocative. And I, act, I like, li- actually think this is one of the better songs on this album. Um, yeah, I mean, strong opening for me. I mean, at, for me right now, I would say, at least in this point of their discography, the best opening they have on a record. Um, I mean, all two, all two re- studio albums and demo at this point. But um, I think that you can just sa- you can just hear that the band is just together on a music level musical level that like they are cohesive they work together very well and also that it almost i feel like it frees ben to write better lyrics and not worry about the music as much because they know they're gonna jam out something real nice um i also like the 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 song kind of picks up in the center and then like adds the drums heavy and like adds a little bit more oomph to it like like picks up is a big word for what happens. <laughs> it picks up. It kind of nudges upwards yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, in relative terms, Death Cab for Cutie, that picks up. One of my favorite lines in the song is, I can taste your lipstick on the filter. Yep. I feel like that's a very oh, beautiful yeah. that's line. A, well, that's what, well, that's, I think this is the start, literally, to um, the imagery that Ben will paint in your head and kind of... Um, add this evocative note i mean it's just like some like especially once we get to the next couple records as fans know it just gets hauntingly beautiful um but yeah so i would say this is probably one of my more uh definitely one of my more favorite tracks on this uh on this album yeah uh and if we're talking story-wise for me at least this is he meets her. He kind of rushes too fast into the relationship. That's he kept. He kept repeating that. Idea. Yeah, no, I think it was just more of an attraction. Yeah. Um, like whether it be personally, sexually, whatever. But like, it was an attraction that he just jumped towards rather than like. Yeah. Trying to feel the feeling out rather yeah. rather than uh, what happened, which just seems just jump forward. And it has that in the moment, like realizing you're you're going for it too fast while you're going for it. But at the same time, the ecstasy of the relationship and and um and whatever is just too much. Yeah, and at this point I'm like, oh, such an angsty boy, Ben. <laughs> such an angsty boy. <laughs> the employment pages. We spread out and occupy the cracks in the urban street. tough one because it's not a bad song for me i just it doesn't move the needle past the first one which would not be an issue unless i felt like the entire album doesn't push the needle after that first one beautiful uh i would say this song is a beautiful example of how ben gibbard is a very 
very good at composing a great slow chorus song. He composed a great slow chorus song? Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my God, he's <laughs> yeah. such a hardcore slow chorus. <laughs> yeah, uh, so anyway, but um, no, but in terms of slow chorus, it is fucking just, just so good. So nice and easy listening. Um, I feel like at this point in the story, we are getting annoyed. We are realizing that uh, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. We moved too fast, yeah. and we are definitely. Uh, I think it's him struggling with the relationship, struggling with balancing his his music with his relationship, and definitely realizing that the relationship means less to him than the uh, than the music does. Yeah, exactly, and I think that. Um, I mean, I can speak personally. I mean, I, I, I definitely have been there where it's like kind of one of those things where you're laying in bed and you're like, ah, shit, I like you, but <laughs> not enough. <laughs> um, I think you're either one, you're two, you're way more into me than, than I am into you or, um, or just, this is not anything past what this is. I'd just like to make it clear. If I meet someone, this podcast is over, and like I'm all about that instead. <laughs> this is not holding up to any kind of scrutiny. My quote unquote art means nothing to me. This is all me wasting time. <laughs> what? Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployed and has to leave the country. Ali Abdullah. That's kind of where the song is, except I also do not have a lady to resent. <laughs> If only you had a lady to resent. Oh, that, isn't that the dream? <laughs> is to both be unemployed and have a lady you don't like. Alright, let's go on to the next track. For what reason? reason um let's see i like the song again i feel like we're stuck in the same tone as the last one it, it all feels kind of homogenous at this point uh, you're saying sonically sonically very homogenous so you so okay so when you you don't feel that the story gets stale no no the story the, continues. The, the, i think this album is a compelling story through and through i enjoy okay. the story of the no i just want to make it clear that like that yeah. it's, it's not as you think so, it's more sonically you think yes and i think lyrically it remains interesting through and through okay but sonically it does get boring i mean i don't think so but i think there's definitely he's ranging through emotions but he's not ranging through tones i mean that's like it's it's more musically it's t i mean he's in this place of i feel that it's more of he is monotone that's the problem because he's in this just despair of just not knowing what the fuck to do i understand but the entire thing feels very i don't know steve I mean, right delivery i feel like it feels very rainy day looking out the window kind of like tracks like you know what i mean and it's like that is a one note thing and i would rather feel the emotion scene by scene 
I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, that's that's that's. A, that's a, I feel like that's an approach that artists can take, or you can take this approach, which I think works better for at least his experience with the story. But I think at this point in the story, I don't know if you agree with me, but she's she's on her own, moving moving away and doing doing what she's got to do, and, she, and now he's almost like doing the wanting what he can't have thing. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's the relationship starting to fall apart, and him having already known that it was going to fall apart, pretending not to know now. And like yeah, exactly. Kind of reminiscing and, and lamenting the, the failed relationship. Exactly. And kind of like having like uh, relationship goggles, I like to call them. Yes. Which is like, even when you're like, ah, we gotta break up or whatever, then you just like instantly see, oh my god, but this is so good, even though like it's really actually not. I agree. So, I think that uh, this this track does a good, good, uh, good job of that, so... Um, I guess uh, we can move on to Lowell, Massachusetts. Lowell, Massachusetts. Thoughts? If there was ever a song that set me up to be as brokenhearted as this song, I mean... Lowell, Massachusetts, a place uh, <laughs> not too far from us. Not too far from us, uh, a place there was a possibility I would be living in uh, had I gone to UMass Lowell. Uh, a a place. Uh, I mean, I don't know the, the the title of the song. I was intrigued by the beginning of the song. Makes me feel like, ooh, this is going to be different than the last three songs. Maybe we're going to go somewhere sonically interesting. And then I feel like we kind of taper off at that intro for the song. And I, also another thing I really don't like about the song, is the he does this with his voice. I don't know what you call this, but it's uh, I would, I I don't know the professional term of that, but I would equate it to like a slide on a guitar. Yeah, and it's real annoying when you do it with your voice. I don't mind it. It's, I, think it's, I think it's well done. I think it's definitely like I think it's better done than what he was doing on like the demo and on uh, something about airplanes. So fair enough. However, lyrically, one of my favorite songs. That's why I'm very disappointed with the song. Is that I enjoy that opening riff. I enjoy where he takes the lyrics. I just dislike how he sings it and how it doesn't really go past that beginning. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is probably one of the more upbeat songs on the record. Yeah, I'd probably say um, definitely a little bit more of a. I mean. Obviously not lyrically, but but definitely sonically more of a fun song, I could say, yes, quote-unquote. I think it's... So he's leaving Lowell, Massachusetts, which is, I assume, where the relationship happened, right? Uh, I don't know. There's discrepancy on that. Um, I thought it was just... I thought it was honestly named that because uh, they wrote the song there. I think it was more of a... Maybe they were on tour at that point. I okay, think. I thought it was that town that they started out in, that they grew up in. No, I mean, he's from, that, they're from Seattle. That they were dating in, or that they lived together in, or one of those things. And he's leaving that town, and it feels... No, I, I, like I believe it, that, I believe it was Seattle. Like, okay. That's like it, or at least somewhere in Washington, so... I mean, that's fair. I That's how I interpreted the yeah, song. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's just like, that was what the, he wrote the song for, or or they something happened in that, in that town. Well... Alright, Ben. I don't care. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm getting real belligerent with Ben Gibbard right now. <laughs> Why are you getting all mean and shit? 405, next song! <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a tro- the, my problem with this song is my problem with the entire album. Again, it just it's not too far from anything we've already listened to. But I do I I think it's a good song. Any song individually on this album, I don't think I dislike. It's more as as an album. It's too monotone for me. I think that I think though that the the whole record. I mean, I don't think it's that tough to swallow, but I'm, that's because I'm into some weird, obscure shit. <laughs> um, but, like, for the average listener, I think it's kind of like a tough pill to swallow, and it's kind of follows along with the story, I think. I think sonically it kind of follows along. Um, I've seen them actually perform 405, and I've also seen them, I know they still play, like, Lowell, Massachusetts occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> when they play live, uh, I mean, 405 is probably actually one of my favorite tracks that I always find myself going back to and we have the facts. Um, I mean, it's just beautiful. Uh, it's a nice, just, I would say it's like very, comp- uh, in comparison to a song that you probably know by them, I would say it's like their line of best fit on this record. Fair enough. I, I guess one of my big inherent problems is not with this album alone. It's more, and follow me along here, with the entire premise of our show. Because I have to listen to the album over and over again for like a dozen times in a week just to like figure it out and get accustomed to it. And when it is a, a, a sonically like very um, somber, or like... somber or monotone or if I'm not in that headspace during that week and I have to listen to it 12 times, it goes, gets old real fast. Because my opinions at the beginning of this week and my opinions at the end of this week are not the same. Well, it was the beginning of the week comparison to the la- end of the week. It was more interest and trying to figure out the puzzle. Like, because I'm a puzzle guy, I'm a story guy, I was trying to put together the lyrics in my head, trying to figure out what he's trying to tell me, what the story was. So towards the end, you didn't like it. And after I feel like I figured out the song, I was now listening to the music, and the music didn't do it for me. Once I stopped listening to the lyrics and the story... I mean, that's fair. I think this is, I, I mean, if I, I, this record, maybe if I had to listen to it 12 times in a row, straight or whatever, um, I think that this will be less of a problem when we move on. Fair enough. Because I think the, uh, the albums tend to change a lot more and get a little bit more exciting sonically. Um, but, yeah. I, I, this might be a little bit too inside baseball, but for the show, how often do you hear a record before we play it? Oh, how Here. long? Yeah. Like, I mean, something about airplanes. I probably listen to. I mean, it really depends on the record. Like transatlanticism, I'm probably not gonna bother listening to it. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm listening to these like a dozen times. Well, I don't. Think... I have to eat breakfast to it. I have to brush my teeth to it. I have to go to work to it. Not anymore. Now I don't even have a job. I'm just gonna be sitting at home. I listen to these records over and over and over again. I mean, I think it's like, I really, I mean, I listen to the record maybe like two, three times in the week if it's a record that I'm very familiar with. So we have the facts. I can get away with two or three times. But like something about airplanes, I don't go back to that record as much. So I listen to that one probably like five or six times. Or at least like the tracks that I don't listen to that much. But like a transatlanticism, a plans, or a narrow stairs, I honestly could probably get away with not having to listen to it. And sorry to break down the uh, the wall for you guys. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> Little 
furry. Well, we didn't talk about the, the story. Uh, okay. Four or five. All right. Mr. Mr. Puzzle? What the fuck do you think? Was the, I figured it out. I'm puzzle piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the, for the kind people in Poland. By the way, thank you for listening, Poland. Yeah, Poland <laughs> seems to like to listen. Thanks, Poland. All right. No, you... you how about you share your part? Uh, I mean, I think at this point we are broken up mm-hmm. and we are reminiscing on things we used to do. So the sad sack stage. Yeah. I would, I would say, I would say that that's, that's where we're at. I'll agree to that. I think we're, we're framing it in a much brighter light than it was. Exactly. I think we're looking, uh, some things that you do with me a lot with ladies <laughs> When I, uh, whenever I break something off, and then I, uh, realize that maybe that could have been a little bit better, uh, <laughs> and Ali tries to bring me back down to earth. Yeah, um, I don't know how much you want to get into this on the podcast, <laughs> but... <laughs> maybe not too much, because, <laughs> uh, possible, uh, ladies in the future might not want to hear this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is... Or gentlemen, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Justin is definitely one of those types of people that post relationship thinks everything was awesome and amazing and maybe I messed up and he did mess up and everything could have been awesome and amazing, but he cannot go back because I can't him have him breaking women's heart twice in a row. Move on, break someone new's heart. That's only happened twice. Alright! <laughs> Little furry bugs. Getting fairly personal on the podcast. You discover I'm sorry, did I say 405 was the sad sex stage? I was wrong and forgot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> listening to this album, you're like, oh, I wish they'd switch it up a little bit. Switch, switch it up a little bit. And then they hit little furry buttons and you're like, oh, it gets slower then, huh? <laughs> well, first of all, it is a great song. I don't mean that or whatever. I just mean that we've hit that point in the story where it's like, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> oof. <laughs> Um, it's a very well-composed slowcore song again. I know Ali hates that word. I hate the word slowcore. I also don't like that this album already felt super slow, and now you're bringing us down even further. I mean, to be fair, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to shock anybody, but the next track vastly picks it up. I mean, yeah, we'll (laughs) talk about the next track and my feelings about the next track when we get to the next track, Justin. We're not at the next track. Crack. <laughs> do, do you want to say that again? No. <laughs> By the way, Poland. <laughs> just... Stop talking to Poland. <laughs> we have audiences all over the place. You can't just be obsessed with one group of people. I'm just excited that Poland's listening. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, I mean, I think that, I mean, the song's pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's definitely a downer of a track. And you definitely wallow in this one. That's fair. I guess the wallowing song. Uh, and then, uh, I guess let's just move on to the alluded to next track, even though we mentioned it before. It's time, Justin. <laughs> Company calls. <laughs> I'll take the best for bad news and dress them up to 
thank God. <laughs> like, this would be considered a slow song in any other album, but here it's like, oh, God, they're finally starting to play something. Like, I can hear music in my headphones without it being the loudest possible setting. Oh. I got so excited for the song. It's a good song. It, they pick up the pace. It's the only lick of variety in this entire album. Um, Story-wise, he just received an invitation to the wedding of the woman he was with at the beginning of the album. Uh, every time I play this song live, I lose my shit. It's a good song. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, like, last time I saw, um, well, no, I saw them two times ago when I saw them at Madison Square Garden. They played this track um, on the Kintsuki tour. It, whew, so good. Um, fun song, fun riffs. I think it's just, uh, I mean. We're kind of, I think, I think the music also prompts the fact that he's kind of actually excited and weirdly excited to go to the wedding. Yeah, I mean, I think... But, that, like, even though that it's, like, a weird type of thing, but it's that, like, weird anxious, like, excited anxious. There's something I didn't pick up with on at uh, first, and then I feel like reading about it a little bit online, a lot of people say, oh, he's developing, like, an alcohol problem through the album. And I feel like one of the things that you could attribute to that, like, the excitement or whatever is the fact that he's drunk when he gets the invitation or getting drunk as a response to receiving the invitation. Well, um, I think it's no secret that Ben Gibbard might have had a little problem with the sauce. Uh, (laughs) um, I mean, I don't think it was that bad, but I think he definitely, that was one of his outlets of coping. Um, I know now that he's actually sober and runs uh, fucking mega marathons that are 100 miles long. So... uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, so the episode we were going to have him on at a bar, we probably should do like at a coffee house or something? Okay, don't be a dick. It's not like he had that much of an issue. <laughs> I think that, you know, you get sad. You drink a little too much sometimes. Um, all right. All right, I guess we should feed into essentially, I, I mean, also just a part of this, Company Calls is, feels like a part one. So let's listen to part two, Company Calls Epilogue. Synapse to synapse, the possibilities then I'm dressed up for free drinks and family greetings on your wedding, your wedding, your wedding day. The figures in plastic on the wedding cake that I took. Alright, so while this goes back to the same tone we had in the beginning of the album and like every other song except for the last one this might actually be my favorite song i really enjoy it this is the song i think i could listen to on my like on its own out of the album um uh, i just enjoy it lyrically i enjoy it story-wise it kind of holds off on its own you don't even need company calls Pre log. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually agree with you. Um, ah, fuck it. Favorite track on the album. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just do it. Yeah, no, it's uh, my favorite. So fuck it. Let's not listen to the other two. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> album over. Podcast over. Goodbye forever, guys. Um, uh, no. Uh, I'm just uh, basically the song itself lyrically is just. Very interesting, and definitely in that weird, you almost just feel the awkwardness that he's in, mm-hmm. and um, and describing and all that kind of thing, and the uncomfortableness. But the way 
this song is very reminiscent or at least it's like i feel like the drawing board for songs like tiny vessels or um uh on uh transatlanticism which uh which is definitely one of my favorite tracks on there um i mean i guess i shouldn't get too much into it but it's definitely like leading more towards that um done kind of taking the charge on that it is just a beautiful track i think the problem one of the more well-produced tracks on this on this album um yeah i can't say it's praises anymore uh i mean if you were to combine company calls and company calls epilogue as just one track i would say it's like all together my favorite but uh if i had to pick between one of the two i would probably choose company calls epilogue all right well i guess we are finally in agreement about something um so he's at the wedding yes he's at the wedding he is i think trying to i think he's just starting to lose control and uh, yes he's definitely uh, drinking he's definitely fucking up thinking a lot about why like why she's with him and not with him why she's with this other guy instead of with him i mean it's also one of those things i mean i feel like this is a uh this this type of this wedding scenario or this kind of scenario also plays into other tracks that in the death cop discography later on like kath yeah um it, it really does paint a picture of that um it's yeah i mean this is what kind of where i feel like it all starts yes so um but yeah i think it's we're drinking we're at a wedding of a person that we're wondering why they're not with us um and kind of uh freaking out about it all right no joy in mudville last night i dreamt that i was you i was dressed all in black with dark glasses and attitude such a pose i could simply not hold through days in Okay. All right. No joy in Mudville. Um. Again, like the rest of this album, very slow. Uh, it goes back to that monotone. Uh, I think it's a good song, on its own. I think that had I not been bored with them till this full oh boy, I feel By like the I'm way, digging uh, a hole. I just Wait, wanna... let me put this shovel down because I keep digging myself in a hole with it. <laughs> you go and talk. Uh, by the way, please feel free to uh, make your comments and email us and all, all your hate mail towards uh, all these uh, feelings towards this record because they're all wrong. Um, <laughs> minus the story putting together. Um, I like this track. Uh, it's definitely a slow one. Uh, but it definitely shows what this band can do, even with the most minimalist of, uh, of sound and sonically, and just try to make such a beautiful picture. Um, I mean, I feel like we're out of the wedding. We are feeling some sorrow, and we are taking that shameful ride home. Fair enough. Uh, also, and uh, uh, the internet is what definitely clued me into this, it has a lot of Lou Reed references, and it's... It's a lot of uh, his love towards him as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's just uh, probably during the breakup, during this hard time in his life, that's what he leaned on is his love for music, his love for Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff he like. I feel like he's learning to be a kind of this music man of just like independence. 
Yeah. Which uh, I don't think he maybe has been as much in the in the past. Yeah, I think uh, I think he finds solace in that music, and uh, it's kind of both his love letter to Lou Reed and uh, like uh, showing where he's at at this point. Yeah. All right. I guess we should go to the closing track, Scientist Studies. This is the last song. This is the moment of reckoning. Uh, I enjoy the song. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good way to close the record. It is a good way. So I think the the opening track and the closing track are two very strong songs. Per- and I positioning think, wise, positioning wise, they 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 kind of really put you into the story and they take you out of the story in a in a very nice and interesting way. Um, I think they're both really good songs. And they both have good tones for opening and closing tracks. I just wish the tone variety in the middle was a little bit more diverse. Okay, that's fair. I think that this track um, has a different feel from all the tracks on this album. Because I think it's kind of being like, alright, well, we can be content with everything else in our life and kind of find solace in that. And still feel miserable on the one part that isn't maybe complete for us. Fair enough. Um, there's a lot of uh, neat and, and cool lines in the song. Uh, there's, um, he starts off, what ghosts exist behind these attic walls? Uh, and I, and, and I think there's like a lot of like cool evocative imagery in it. There's, uh, uh, you can talk about it literally about living in an attic uh, because that's like the place he's at in his life. Or the attic could be his head and the ghosts are like his memories. There's a lot of ways to like talk about these. I feel like this is the first time he does vague, but in a good way. Yes. He he takes literal uh, literal lyrics that could work very well literally. And then he also fits them so that narratively they could be taken as uh, different sorts of uh, meanings or images. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting and cool. Um I also, in my brief research online, uh, found a theory that, like, two Redditors very much support, and then there's a lot of people who are very against, (laughs) which, uh, and this is not my theory, and I don't even know how well I believe it or don't believe it, but I thought it was a very cool theory that someone out there, and I'm sorry I forgot to take down your name uh, to accredit you, uh, but that he kills himself at the end of the song. So let's quickly play. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so so let's uh, play the, the end of the song really quick. Uh, so throughout the song, he's saying, this is your first defense, this is your first defense, and this is how we end the song. caught that the last line was this is my last defense 
after which the music stops playing and you're left with a distortion of the guitar, that echoey sound, as if he's killed himself, and that's just the resonance afterwards. It's it's I think I it's think very, it's a little too dark. It's it's and I don't think that that's really fits the whether intended or not. I think it's a very cool interpretation, uh, and it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe you can argue that maybe he like has killed himself in the past, like in the like in the sense of like that former self is kind of gone now because he's now has to live this new life. Oh no no, I'm going full conspiracy theory. I'm saying uh, Ben Gibbard is dead. Uh, so Paul, 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 Paul is dead. Paul is dead. Ben Gibbard's dead. <laughs> hashtag fake Paul. Hashtag fake Ben Gibbard. Okay, okay. If you are on my theory, please hashtag hashtag fake Paul. Hashtag fake Ben. If you think Ali is an idiot, hashtag Ali is an idiot. Please, please comment on the uh, the podcast. Hashtag Ali is an idiot. I'd rather you guys did it. Or uh, comment hashtag Ali is an idiot. I like weird conspiracy theories. <laughs> Don't hold it against me. Um. So I guess now that we went through the record, favorite track. I guess we both agree is uh, "Comedy Calls" epilogue. Yes, I agree. I um, think it's a very strong opening end. I think it's a very strong story throughout. I think it could have been an amazing album for me had there been more uh, emotional development throughout. Uh, would you say at this point this is your favorite record in comparison to the demo and the first record? I think we should save rankings till the very end and not rank them as we go. Wow. Uh, okay. However, uh, you could answer that. The answer would be no. You like something about airplanes more? I think we can What's wrong leave with you? that there and get to it later. <laughs> leave some intrigue for the audience. That's true. Poland won't listen to us anymore. Now, speaking of leaving intrigue, uh, something else that annoys me since I've already buried myself deep with this album yeah. and people already hate me on the internet, what's the deal with the dots? <laughs> There are dots on the cover of this album. Uh, when we were making concept art for th- our logo, uh, Justin said, ooh, it would be, might be interesting to include the dots. Uh, we did include the dots, after which I got in a weird, obsessive uh, deep dive into whether those dots were Why can't you use this Morse to like, benefit your life? And they are not anything. I've talked to major code breakers, and none of us could figure this out. What's the point of the dots? I know some of you out there have it tattooed on your arms and faces and legs. Why? What do the dots mean? I don't get it. I don't like it. Ben Gibbard, explain yourself. I mean, there's other people on the album. There's also Quizwalla, <laughs> Nick mm, Harm. I know, but I want to really make him the villain in my story because he hashtag died. Um, <laughs> hashtag Ali's an idiot, by the way. Some people said something about it being like a running track, but that really doesn't jive for me. No, I think I think it's just dots, man. Oh, I hate you that can't just so let it. Much. You can't just let it be dots. I hate this is like spoiler alert, like Ray's parents not being anybody, you can't just handle that. No, okay. <laughs> spoiler alert for people who haven't seen The Last Jedi. I mean, that's on you, it came out in Christmas. <laughs> By the way, this I guess is a weird Star Wars Death Cab mashup podcast now. I don't know, we talk Marvel, we're just generally nerds. I think it's okay to just let us uh let us nerd out. Let us nerd out when we have stuff to nerd out about. 
Um, is there anything, I guess, anything you want to promote or anything for yourself? Uh, let's start with uh, what we're doing next. I think next episode we're going, uh, we're hoping to have a fun segment and then also do the EP Forbidden, Forbidden Love. Love. Which was recorded around this time and has tracks, uh, acoustic tracks from uh, We Have the Facts and uh, so two originals. So it'll be a fun, quick and easy one. And we'll also have a guest, right? I'm hoping so. Okay. We'll find out that with scheduling <laughs> and, and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, so I feel like that one's going to be for you people that like the nonsense. Definitely more of a nonsense episode. It's definitely a nonsense episode. It's going to be light on... Well, I don't think it's light on Death Cab. It's going to be Death Cab-centric, but more of the fun, lighthearted stuff, not really diving deep into music and more like, talking about the band and the band's image and, and stuff like that. Should we let them know one of the topics no. I'm say? Okay, no. all right. Leave it as a surprise for the people. Let's talk about what you've been listening to and watching over the past week or so uh, that you'd like to tell people about. Mm. Uh, well, I was meaning to watch the new Arrested Development. I only watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing from it because it's basically just a recap. Yep. <laughs> I know that you watched it. How did you feel about it? I enjoyed the season a lot more than I liked season four. Season uh, four original or season four remix? Both. <laughs> uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it had light moments that were very enjoyable. It doesn't reach the peaks of the first three seasons, but I think it's a very enjoyable season. The thing is, they re- only released half of it, and the other half comes at the end of the year, so it kind of abruptly ends eight episodes. Oh, out. I didn't know that it was yeah, two halves. Yeah, it's not a complete season yet. Oh, did you know that when we were talking about it the other day? No, I just okay, thought it you were was like, a weird you ending, and then I had to Google it because I was like, that can't be the ending. That's fair. Um, what is it? I'm trying to think of anything else that I'm listening to. Is there anything you're listening to? Yeah, so I have two, uh, well, one new obsession and one old obsession. Um, I have been listening a lot to the Mountain Goats again. Okay, so the 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 the, the remountaining. Yes, I've, I've I've been obsessed with the Mountain Goats again. Uh, I've also been listening to the podcast. I only listen to the Mountain Goats. Joseph Fink, creator of Welcome to Night Vale and other such podcasts, uh, sitting down every week with John Darnell, creator and the Mountain Goat of the Mountain Goats. Um, I and talk. Re- I do not think he refers to himself that way. He doesn't call himself the Mountain Goat. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, they go song by song, and, and like he talks to him. It's imagine if this podcast was good. Um, <laughs> that would be that podcast where Poland thinks we're great. It's it's really interesting. It's also really interesting to have. I know we're gonna have Ben Gibbard on one episode, oh, but it's, yeah. John Darnell is on every episode, okay. and he gets to talk about his own music and where he was when he was writing it and what they were thinking of and his experience playing it over the past X amount of years. It's just really cool, really interesting to listen to. Uh, and then I've just been out of that re-listening to the Mountain Goats a lot. That's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just uh, since I was at Boston Calling this past weekend, uh, I've been and St. Vincent was so fucking incredible. I actually. Was drunk bought drunk bought on Amazon her uh, all her records on <laughs> vinyl. Uh, but I've been listening just basically mass seduction front front to back pretty much all week. Fair <laughs> um, I've also there been... might be a lot of dancing and uh, singing in my car last week. Just fair uh... enough. That's that's a good place to, to be. <laughs> I've also been listening to uh, I, I think I want to say it's Leanne or Le- Leanne Lahavis. Not even. 
What? Let me spell this out. L-I-A-N-N-E-L-A-H-A-V-A-S. H-A-V-A-S. 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 And you know what? You're not going to edit that out. We need to let people know that you're that stupid. I get to edit this. I get to edit it whichever way I want. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I really like her music. I've been listening to her a lot lately. Um, and uh, I think you guys should check her out. Nice. Um, what do you... Well, I guess we should uh, wrap up, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, please subscribe. Um, please comment. It really helps us out. It gets the show out to more people. Um, you know, if you want to leave a five-star review or give us a one-star review. Who knows? We, I mean, we suck and sometimes we're good, too. Please shoot us an email at we have the we have the facts pod at gmail.com. We've really been enjoying uh, checking out your emails, giving us feedback. It's actually really helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, and also, of course, as always, just send us the send us the hate mail. Let us know how stupid Ali is. Hashtag Ali is stupid. And um, also follow the Instagram at, at the facts pod and also the Twitter at, at the facts pod. What if they try to overthrow me as co-host? <laughs> what if they try to be like, fuck that Ali guy? I mean, I him. wouldn't put it past them. Oh, boy. Um, well, stick around to see if I'm still co-host by the next episode. <laughs> um, which uh, will be uh, going over the Forbidden Love EP. Uh, how do you want to end the episode? you want to play something? Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Winner gets to choose what we play. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Huh? Rock. Uh, let's do something by the Mountain Goats. Why not? Curveball, lo-fi song. One of the first songs. Let's do the best death metal band out of Denton. Satan. Hail Satan. Tonight, 